Amen. To everyone watching, everyone listening, God bless you. Welcome to our live broadcast, and certainly it is my prayer that God will continue to speak to you and your family and give you and grant you transformation power. We're in the gospel according to St. John. Please find chapter 9. The gospel according to St. John. Please find chapter 9. I'd like to encourage everyone watching this broadcast and listening to during the week go back and re-watch these services and listen to what God has to say to you. For God is speaking. We just have to make sure that we are listening. Every person on the planet has the power to choose to believe in God. And every person on the planet has the ability to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. And truly in today's times, you need Jesus. I was at a funeral yesterday. I like to say a home going yesterday. And I told everyone in the audience, I don't care what age you are, you need Jesus. I don't care how successful you think you might be, you need Jesus. I don't care how many friends you have on Instagram. Oh, y'all quiet. You need. Are you an influencer for God? We know that an influencer has the power or the ability to affect the actions of others. Be determined. I, I love it, Sister Roberts. Where you at? You changed seats on me too. Be determined in 2022 to let your light shine. Don't allow the devil, don't allow your family, don't allow your friends, don't allow circumstances to put your light out. We used to sing that song, Sister Tanya, hi. We used to sing the song, This. I know it's old school, but it still works. This little light of mine, I'm going to do what? And then he says, everywhere. That means at work. That means at Walmart. That means at Quick Trip. Everywhere I go, I'm going to do what? And then the song says, Jesus, who gave you the light? I can't hear you. Jesus gave it to me. That's what we're going to get in today. Jesus gave you a light, and he expects us to let it shine. We know that the world's influence is strong, but we must stay positive and determined as a Christian community to spread love. And spreading love is not something we do once a month. It's not something we do once a year. We know here at Emmanuel Church that love is an action word. We're not called to sit on the sidelines. We found out last week that we need to get to work, that every person that is a believer in Jesus Christ, should be witnessing for the Lord either in what you say or in how you act. Say amen. amen. Everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ, we need to be busy working, inviting others into the family of God. Now, if you really want to be an influencer for Christ, you need to invite someone to church. Say Amen. It's so funny, people like to say sometimes, minister, church is so old-fashioned, but when you get in trouble, where do you run to? 
you, you run to the church. When you need special prayer, where do you go to? To the church. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with coming to the church, but we need to invite everyone to come to church. We have to make sure we're influencing the world for good and not for evil. And if you say, well, pastor, I don't know who to look up to. Look in your Bible. Look at the life of Jesus. Look for what he stood for. Look at what he did. Look at how he changed human history forever. The Bible teaches us that by following the examples of Jesus, we help people come out of darkness into the light. Don't you want to help somebody today? Anybody in here want to help somebody? Say amen. I hope throughout the teaching of God's word that believers will take an in-depth look at yourself. I talked about this last week. Your house or your home that you live in because I found this out a long time ago. Every house is not a home. Any place you hate to go when you get off work, come on, Jefferson, that's not home. I'm going to leave that alone. That's a touchy subject, evidently. So maybe I should stay there. Well, when you got all kind of hell taking place in your house, you can't have peace. When you got people cursing and swearing and doing all kind of manners of evil and plotting evil against people at work and plotting evil to hurt somebody else, that is not a home. I asked you the question last week. If you're influencing someone for Christ, when somebody walks in your home, when they walk in, do they know you're a Christian? Now, how many of you know someone? I'm trying to make it easy for everybody. I'm letting everybody off the hook. How many of you know someone that has something religious in their home? When you walk into another believer's home, there should be a Bible somewhere. Amen. There should be a cross somewhere. You ought to have some praying hands, a John 3.16 somewhere how are people going to know you saved and you got your Bible hid in the drawer? Who are you influencing? Say amen. Well, God knows I'm saved. Yes, God may know you saved, but people in your own home don't know you saved by how you act sometimes. We have to make sure that we're influencing people for good. Take that Bible out of the drawer. Lay that Bible out on the table. Your kids been acting up. Your husband been acting up. Your wife been acting up. How do you know they might pick that Bible up when you're not around? Woo, say amen, somebody. I, I told you several years ago, I heard people thought they laughed at the time, but now people say, Pastor, I get it. Put a Bible in your bathroom, in your powder room, where you spend some of your time at, and while you're taking care of business, read God's Word. Put a Bible in your automobile while you're sitting at the bank waiting. Open up your Bible and read you a scripture. Are you influencing the world for Christ? Here in chapter 9, we see the light of the world entering to a very dark place in order to give the light and the knowledge of God's grace. And last week I ended with the statement to remind the entire body of Christ, 
all of the life you have lived, whatever your age is, up to this very moment, all of the things you have been through, all of the things you have experienced, your disappointments, your highs, your lows, your challenging days, your joyful days, everything that you've been through, how I many you got to watch? Look at your watch. Up until this very second, every single thing, every singular thing you've been through, it has all been necessary. And I would like to pick up today because I want to back up because I want you to get the full picture of what Christ is trying to accomplish here. I want to back up to the fourth verse. Look at chapter 9 and find verse 4. Pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. And I love seeing all the Bibles here and all my members taking notes. And those of you watching at home during the week, take notes. Write these scriptures down. They will bless you. Verse 4. Jesus is speaking here, and look at his very powerful words. Jesus said, I must work the work of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is daylight. Night is coming on. Look at what Jesus said. When no man can work. We must constantly remind ourselves that the Father sent Jesus. Who sent Jesus? See, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. He didn't come on his own. The Father sent him. Wow. We're not supposed to be representing ourselves. I'm a representative of my Father. And wherever you go, no matter, I told you several weeks ago, how you try to change your outside, you're still representing the Father. We are not called to be idle. Look at verse 4. Jesus says, I must work. I must work. We're not called to sit on the sidelines. Jesus had to complete the work that his Father had given him to do. And every day we get up, every day you have breath in your lungs, you still have work to do. Your work may be being a testimony to someone. Your work could be being an encourager to someone. Your work may be just letting your light shine for others to see. Look at somebody say, we have work to do. When's the last time you were excited to invite somebody back to church? You know, I'm still waiting. I, I got to say it, minister. I had so many people during the pandemic when it was really rough. We were on lockdown. You know, how many of you remember lockdown? Couldn't go anywhere. Had to stay in the house. Some people told me I'm climbing the walls. Pastor, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to open up the church doors again. I'm going to be the first one. I'm still looking for you. Because one thing I found out, I'm not finding it out. I know this to be true. You're not lying to me. When a person lies to you, they're not lying to you. They're actually lying to God. Whew. Look at somebody and say, do you know who you really are? <laughs> wow. We're not called to sit on the sidelines. Jesus said, I must work. I have to do it. And if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, 
Work, Jesus said, while it is day. All of us can help spread the gospel. All of us can help spread love. All of us can show the light of Christ to everyone if we start today. Somebody say today. Thank you, Father. Jesus was saying, as long as I am on the planet, I am the light of the world. And the disciples were around Jesus all this time, and they were just taking in what he said like a sponge. They were watching him and listening to him and observing how he did things because they knew one day they would be out teaching, but they had no idea it would be in three and a half years. God has prepared you from the time you were born up until right now for such a time as this because everything you went through was necessary. How can you tell someone God will feed you if you've never been hungry? I'll talk about myself, see if I have any witnesses. I've had times I didn't have money to go to the doctor. Oh, I got no witnesses. Something I don't want. I don't want nobody to know. I always had money. Stop telling that lie. I had times I didn't have any money to go to the doctor, and all I could do was lay hands and pray. Any witnesses in the house? I've told you I don't want to embarrass my kids. I've had times, man, when it was rough. I mean, rough. I mean, rough. Anybody ever in here ever made syrup sandwiches? Because that's all you had to eat? Mayonnaise sandwiches? Yeah, but you're really desperate when you try to make tomato soup out of tomato sauce. Through it all, God always provides. God is a provider. And that's what we need to be sharing with everyone. Share with your kids. I haven't always been doing this well. Say amen, somebody. I haven't always been strong in my faith. But the more I walk with Jesus, the more he shines his light, the more knowledge he gives me. Somebody say amen in the house. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is the light of my life. Jesus shined so brightly he was here on earth that he was so attractive, everybody wanted to be around him. And they wanted to be around him because Jesus was busy not doing what he wanted to do. He was busy doing his Father's will. I'm not called to do what R.L. White wants to do. I'm called to be obedient to what my Heavenly Father gives me to do. And when God has given you an assignment, Sister Tiffany, other people around you may not understand that assignment, but God honors you for being faithful. The Bible says he's a rewarder when you are faithful. Let your light shine. Even when others around you don't understand, let your light shine for the Lord. Jesus says, that there will come a time, look at your Bible, verse 4, Jesus said, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees, Jesus says there will come a time when no one can work. And the Lord said, remind my people today, you don't want to look back over your life with regret. 
and say, Lord, I wish I had a witness more. Lord, I wish I could have let my light shine. Lord, I wish I had taken advantage of the opportunity. And now, God says, as of today, since you're sitting here, I have a captive audience, all of the people who are watching online, everyone listening, since you know this now, that God wants you to be a light wherever you live, you have no choice but to shine. You can't say to God anymore, I didn't know, Lord, you wanted to use me. God has used all kind of people throughout the Bible to carry out his purpose, and God has a purpose and a plan for you being alive today. Now I had five people clap your hands because most of you don't believe you have a purpose. If you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't be breathing. Clap your hands because you do have purpose. Look at verse 5. Jesus says to his disciples, look at it for yourself. Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am, there goes the I am's again, the light of the world. Not only did Jesus declare this again, and every time I try to let go of this lesson, Mother Jones, it comes back up. Jesus says again in chapter 1, in chapter 2, in chapter 3, in chapter 4, in chapter 5, in chapter 6, in chapter 7, in chapter 8, now in chapter 9. He just won't let it go. I am the light of the world. Why are you giving up so quickly if Jesus didn't give up? If God has promised to bless you, hold on to what God has promised you. If God has promised to deliver you, hold on to what God has promised you. Somebody say amen. Now I'm going to bless you today. Raise your hands. Oh, the devil is going to be mad at you. So if you're scared, keep your hands down. That's fine with me. Say my best days. No, you have to declare it. Remember where you're setting that. Say my best days are ahead of me. Bless me, Lord. And I'll tell it all. Clap your hands in God's house. Jesus declares here in the ninth chapter, I'm the light of the world. That means he was also ready to provide physical light for a man who was blind. The Bible makes it very clear. When you know who you are, you know you're part of a royal family. You know you've been adopted into God's family. And then you learn and understand that I am joint heirs. That means everything that belongs to Jesus actually does belong to me. Somebody say, I am not poor. So you got to change the way you, 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 you process stuff. I am not poor. Change the way you view stuff when you know who Jesus is and when you know whose family you're part of. Say amen. You can't say I don't know who I am in Christ. I'm just, a, I told you, stop singing this song. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody saving. Nobody wants to hear you sad and depressed. Tell somebody, I know someone, that if you can't get to the doctor, he's a healer. 
I know someone. If you can't afford an attorney, he'll give you wisdom and knowledge how to get out of the situation. Tell somebody, I know he's a way maker. If you know he'll make a way out of no way. Say amen. Jesus wants us to be a light. And God, I told you last week, God wants to make an example of you. And when you declared that last week, yes, challenges came up. What did you expect? The devil's listening when you make declarations. And the devil's trying to discourage you. But the devil's a lie. Lord, make an example of me. And I'll tell people. They need to accept your son as Savior. Lord, make an example of me. God doesn't want you having to add up woo, all the bad stuff you've been through. Cast that away. God has new blessings. I don't have time. I've, I've done this before. How many of you know what a rearview mirror is? Hopefully you have one in your car. A rearview mirror is used so you can see what's behind you. I don't have time to be focusing on what's behind me. God says, I have brand new blessings in store for you today. Come on and give God praise because God has some new stuff he wants to get in your hands. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, Pastor, you don't know. I've been in the same old rut. Well, God want to get you up out of your rut. And don't go blaming everybody else for being in the rut. Take some responsibility. Say amen. God wants to make an example of you, and God wants to pour out blessings. And he doesn't want to do it later on. He wants to do it right now. I love how here in the Gospel of John, this next part, Jesus really gets into something. Jesus did not even immediately have a conversation with this blind man. Yet Jesus knew exactly what he needed. Raise your hands. God knows what each and every one of us are going through. God knows exactly what he is doing in your life. God is allowing us to go through certain things. Keep your hands up. God's allowing us to go through a certain period. God is allowing you to go through something different from everyone else in your family. He knows exactly what he is doing. Keep your hands up. Your process is not supposed to be like anyone else's process. Your process is going to take you somewhere that someone in your family has never been. Somebody clap your hands. Your process... It's going to be a generational blessing. Come on, clap your hands. Your process is going to have you leave an inheritance so somebody can know how good I'm speaking to you. God really is. Somebody holler, Father, I trust you. After Jesus declares, Jesus said it again, I am the light of the world. Look at what he does next. Look at verse 6. After Jesus says, I am the light of the world, the Bible says, look at it, that he spit on the ground and that he made clay. He made mud, look at your Bible, with his saliva and spread it 
and anointed the man's eyes. Now, I don't want to get in trouble. Anybody got my back in the house? I have five people. Anybody got my back up here? Take my glasses off. Stop playing with God. God has not told any pastor or any evangelist, you are not Jesus. You better stop walking around spitting on people. Listen to this next part very, very carefully. The Bible does not say, look at verse 6. The Bible does not say that Jesus asked this man anything. He didn't have to ask him because Jesus knew exactly what the man stood in need of. Raise your hands to heaven. Say, Lord, I know you know exactly what I need. Look at pastor. So you don't have to waste your, I told you a few weeks ago, waste your time crying, sweating. Oh no, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. God knows exactly what to do for you. And what God does for you, he may not do for the person next to you. We don't all have the same pathway to follow. But God knows exactly what he is doing. So Jesus, who is God, spits on the ground, reaches down, makes mud with his saliva, rubs it in his hand, and keeps on rubbing. And the disciples are standing around Mother Hughes, watching Jesus, wondering, what is this man going to do with this mud He's rubbing in his hands. The blind man had no idea what was going on. Up to this point, the Bible doesn't say the blind man said one word to Jesus. Stop questioning everything God's doing in your life. It, it took a lot of growth for me to get here, and I've said it throughout the years, but the more you walk with God, Mother Slaughter, the closer you get. Now I am at the point where I say it without reservation, Lord, any way you want to bless me, I'm open to receive it. I'm not trying to figure it out. Hear my words now, and I'm going to be real with you. I'm not trying to manipulate anybody. I don't have to plot and plan any way you want to bless me. Because see how God works is like this. While you're going through one thing and sister's going through one thing and brother's going through one thing and brother's going through something else and sister's going through something else, while all of this stuff is going on, God is working it all out for your good. Sometimes God has to allow this, 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 and this to happen in order to get you. So this blind man who was just sitting, minding his own business, sitting there, has an encounter with the light of the world. When you have a real encounter with God, your life should be different. When you have, I'm talking about a real one, a real encounter with God, you won't be de debating, should I go to church because I'm too tired from going to the club last night. 
When you have a real encounter with God, you won't spend all your money on the boat and then you have no money to give to the kingdom. Hit the music because you're looking guilty, brother. When you have a real encounter with God, you don't care what people say about you because you know God is my source. And God is able to light up. See, not only is Jesus the light of the world, not only did he give me the light, but God has given you, the more in tune you are in the spiritual world, God has given you the ability to see if someone's telling you the truth or telling you a lie. Say amen, somebody. The same resurrection power. Somebody say, well, it's not Easter. Yes, it is. Every day is Easter. I need to get up every day and shed off this dead attitude. Shed my flesh every single day. Lord, resurrect me. Lord, fill me with your joy. Lord, fill me with your love. Lord, fill me with your patience. Say amen. Jesus spent on the ground, and the Bible says, look at the end of verse 6, that he made ointment and placed it on the man's eyes. I'm amazed because the Bible doesn't say that Jesus talked to the man at all. And if somebody walked up to you, or somebody say, I'm saved, you ain't that saved. Or maybe you is, or maybe you ain't. But if somebody made some mud and slapped it in your face, what would you say? Don't be saying, thank you, Jesus. No, you wouldn't. If somebody had a ball of mud and walked up and slapped it in your face, what would you say? There's a possibility. No, I'm going somewhere because I'm setting you up. I got 10 minutes. There's a possibility this man had heard about Jesus, but the Bible doesn't say he even heard about Jesus. A stranger walks up to you and reaches with some mud and just slaps you in the eye. The Bible didn't even say this man was fighting Jesus. He just made up his mind, Lord, whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it to me. Because I know I'm going to be in a better position than I was before I met you. Wow. Hallelujah. Look at verse 6. Circling in your Bible. Jesus spent on the ground. He spent in the dirt. And how could Jesus do this? Why did Jesus use dirt? I'm going to give you some of this. In the book of Genesis, write this down. Chapter 2 and verse 7. When humans were formed, when God created mankind from the dust, from the dirt, Jesus was right there. Now go with me for a minute. Come on, look at me. I'm going to give you some stuff, man. Here Jesus is with the disciples watching everything he's doing, making mud, placing it in, the, in blind man's eyes. And the blind man's, what's going on? What, what's this on my face? He couldn't tell. He had never seen mud before. I'm sure he had felt it, but it's different when you see it. So he had all this over his eyes, and the disciples wondering, Jesus, now we've been with you. 
through thick and thin. We saw you do some powerful things. But what is mud going to do to help this man be able to see? Jesus didn't even have to touch the mud or touch the dirt at all. Jesus could have said, be healed. He could have said, eyes open up. But he also processed this man when he reached down in the dirt. He had so much creative power inside of him. And when that dirt, some of you don't get this, come on with me, when that dirt and saliva got together, the properties in his saliva were so holy, they were so blessed, they were so penetrable that when he took the dirt and put it and rubbed it over the man's eyes, something began to happen. Sometimes in life, it may look like things are getting darker. It may look like things are getting worse, but tell somebody it's not over yet. This man was blind from his birth, and he figured, well, nothing's, I have nothing to lose. This man has put something on my face evidently, and evidently he expects something to happen. But he didn't realize that Jesus was God because Jesus had just told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I and my Father are one. And Jesus told his disciples, if you've seen the Father, you have seen me. But this man had never seen anything. What a powerful lesson this is. I'm not going to give it all to you today. But process this. He had never seen his parents. He had never seen the sunshine. And the first face this man was about to see. When God really opens up your eyes and you really begin to see who he really is, it changes everything about you. It changes you from the inside to the outside. Jesus used dirt, something that man just walks on all the time. All of us have walked in the past in the dirt. Yesterday, we were at the cemetery and we were walking in the mud. And mud was everywhere, had it all over me. I got in Deacon's truck and I said, Deacon, I apologize because it was just mud everywhere. I couldn't shake the mud. Can you imagine this mud that was in this man's face? Can you imagine what was actually happening to him physically? Because Jesus had touched his life. Some of you have been dealing with unnecessary stuff. Jesus has already touched your life. He's just waiting on you to accept what he's already done. Pastor, how has he touched my life? When he removed people out of your life, that was God. When he took you from walking the floor all night long, that was God. When you feel like somebody loves you, it's not somebody, that was God. Say amen in the house. Jesus mixed dirt and caused something spectacular to happen. I told you last week, this man was not lucky. Jesus was walking this way not by chance. It was in God's plan that it was necessary for Jesus to come this way. 
And I'm sure this man was tired, Brother Fred, of begging people for help. I'm sure he was tired of being codependent upon anyone. Somebody had to lead him here and take him there and do this for him. The man was tired, but the Bible doesn't say he argued with Jesus at all. Get your finger out. Tell somebody, stop arguing with God. Come on, point them. Say, stop arguing with God. God tell you, get up and read your Bible. Lord, I'm too tired. Stop arguing with God. God tells us to pray. Stop arguing with God. God tells you to spend some time fasting and praying. Stop arguing. Because when you stop arguing with God, then you can clearly hear from him. Are you ready for Jesus to change your life? In order for your life to change, it can't be an external thing. Some people can fix up the outside all day long and know that things are not right on the inside. Are you ready for Jesus to change your life? In, in order for Jesus to change your life, you have to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I'm willing. I, I'm not going to change, Lord, just by what my friends or by my family says to me, Lord. I want to make an internal change that lasts forever. What if this man processed this, this man who was blind, what if he said, I'm just going to stay home today? What if this man says, I'm not going to the temple today, I'm just going to stay home? He would, thank you, he would have missed his encounter with Jesus. When you don't come to church, you miss an opportunity for God to speak into your life. Because God is always speaking. So people say, I haven't heard from God in a long time. Because you're living all kind of ways. God is speaking and you can clearly hear him. Say amen, somebody. It's time for the body of Christ to wake up and realize God wants you to have an encounter every day. God wants you to be excited about life every day. God wants to show you new things every day. When you don't come to church, when you don't tune in to hear God's word, when you don't even open up your Bible, you miss the chance for God to speak to you. I told you, don't keep that Bible in a drawer. Put it out on a table. The Bible will do nothing but bless you and not hurt you. We get our power from heaven. We get guidance from heaven. We get inspiration from heaven. Now here in verse 6, look at it again. I just find this amazing that Jesus, look at it, did not greet this man. He didn't say good morning. He didn't say good afternoon. He didn't say hi. May I help you? That's a plug for Gates Barbecue. He didn't ask the man, how are you doing? He didn't ask the man, what do you need me to do? Jesus just did what was necessary. Mark these words. God is going to do in the next few weeks. I told you this last week. He's going to do what is necessary for the body of Christ. Everything is not going to be smooth sailing, but God is going to do what is necessary to get his church where he wants it to be. And if you can grow to the point, can anybody say, Father, thank you 
for doing what is necessary. Now that might hurt some, but thank you for doing what is necessary. And I said to the Lord, I don't want to be a hindrance to what God wants to do. I don't want to block anything that God wants to do even in someone else's life. Doesn't matter how dark it may seem, God has a plan. And in studying this lesson, it doesn't matter what it looks like, you want to be concerned about the end results. Sometimes the process takes a little longer. The Bible says this man was not blind for 5, 10, 15. The Bible says this man was blind all of his life. It may seem like things are getting worse before they get better, but hang in there because there's light even in the valley. And I'm sure the disciples were watching Jesus. They didn't understand, what are you doing, Master? You've told us to do some wild things before. You told us to go down, cast our net, and we would get a great draw of fishes. You told us one time, go down. And the first fish that comes up, look at his mouth and take that money out and pay your taxes. Jesus, you've told us to do some wild things. Have everybody sit down, and I'm going to feed 4,000 people. I'm going to feed 5,000 people. But, Lord, here you are with just a small audience around us, and you made mud? Why did you make mud of all the things you could have used? You could have used oil. You could have used anything, but you made mud? God uses what seems to be unusable. Let me talk about myself. I was in a position where I felt like I was unusable. But I told you, if God can use a three-time loser like Peter, tell somebody he can use you too. No, tell somebody he can use you. The disciples watched Jesus. And they didn't understand, but they said, we're just going to trust that what God is going to do is going to be amazing. Realize that God notices you. Just like this man who was born blind, Jesus stopped because he noticed him. He didn't have to make any noise. I told you last week, you don't have to act out. God notices you. When people are doing all this crazy stuff, they're just trying to get attention. But God notices you. And body of Christ, I don't want you to be in the dark. These last two years, this pandemic, it's been challenging. Amen. If you have smooth sailing, I'm happy for you. But for some of us, these last two years have been challenging. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to put all my trust in God. Somebody said, well, Pastor, you don't know. I trust Dr. Fauci. Where Fauci going to be at 1 o'clock in the morning when you need him? Say amen, somebody. Where's the CDC going to be when you really need a helping hand? I have a Savior that's able to touch me, that's able to keep me, that's able to preserve me. Can somebody say amen? My God is amazing. Look at somebody. I know you got a mask on, but talk to them with your eyes. Shake your head at somebody and tell them, my God is amazing. 
my, come on, he's amazing. He's amazing. It may look dark. It may feel nasty. It may look nasty, but there's light even in the valley. Stand to your feet. Next week, Pastor, we continue right here in this ninth chapter. If you're here today, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, this is your chance to accept him today. Please don't walk unless you have to. Everyone lift your hands. If you're not in the right relationship with God, if you know you've been walking in darkness, today is your day to walk in the light. Your bad days are a thing of the past when you walk in the light. Yes, we will have challenges, but we also have a Savior. When we walk in the light, don't allow anyone to shame you because of your past. Come on, keep those hands up. Hold your head up. Know that God has forgiven you. And whatever you've done in the past, that's in your past. Now we choose to walk in the light and in the love of God. Let your light shine this week in your home, on your job, with your friends, with your associates. Tell someone that Jesus is the light of the world. And we dare not close this broadcast without reminding you today that you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. And we too one day on that glorious day will be together again in the kingdom of heaven. Lift your hands high. Let your belief in God shine. Let your faith in God's ability shine. And Father, we declare on this blessed day that we trust you. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to let you go. Am I still broadcasting? I got one more thing. Lift your hands right quick. Come on, I got to give it all to you. I want to give it all to you. Lift your hands, lift your hands. I don't want you to miss this. Thank you, Lord. Come on, keep the hands up. Feel the presence of God. We're not in that much of a hurry. Close your eyes for a minute. Come on, close those eyes. Feel the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. As of this moment, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, every person that can hear my voice, Father, start living your best life today. Love you. God bless you to everyone watching. See you next Sunday. Peace.